That's powerful. That's powerful. That's the way it should be. Stir them devils up. <laughs> That's beautiful. If you have your Bibles, let's go to uh, 1 Kings chapter 17. We'll get right into it. We don't have much time, but we got a little bit. That's all right. 1 Kings chapter 17. As you're turning there, need about 15 to 20 of you to come up after the service to pray over these cloths that go all over the world every week. There's no telling where these are from. We see them from Pakistan, Australia, Guam, New Zealand, people that have desperate, desperate needs in their life, and they trust us to pray over these and dip these cloths in water. It's not the water. It's not the cloth. These are Amazon Prime washcloths that come in bundles of a 1,000, I'm sure. But once they meet the water and they encounter what the Lord is doing here, they take on kingdom assignment. It's, it's Acts chapter 19. Well, I don't know if I believe that or not. Well, that's the word of God. Take it up with him. We just, we're just doing what he told us to do. Right? He gave us a model all through the New Testament of how we should do things. It's, it's just like him saying, if there's any sick among you, let them call upon the elders of the church. Don't wait for the elders to come to you or don't get mad when they don't come to you because if they don't know you're sick, oh, amen. that's why it says, Pastor Jeremy, let the, let the sick call upon the elders. Make us aware so that we can do what we're called to do, which is Glory. anoint with oil, pray the prayer of faith, James chapter five, Pray the prayer of faith made in the name of the Lord Jesus, and that prayer of faith would, not maybe, not hope so, not cross your fingers, that's the only model we have. So when people come and they say, well, whatever God's will is, we know what his will is. He's already told us, and he gave us a remedy. Miss Kim, he gave us a remedy. And so that's just what we do. We're, we're, we may be a little odd, we may be a little crazy, but that's all right. We're gonna do the will of God no matter what. Call us what you want. We're still gonna do it. First <laughs> Kings 17. Um, um, we're going to look tonight at the, the life of Elijah. I love Elijah. I love um, the different characters in the scripture who not only made it to the mountaintop, but had severe valley moments because those valley moments teach us what the mountaintop only rewards us for. If you want to learn, you need to go to the valley. I think it's very incredible that our worship team, I don't know if that last song was thrown in there because he, it reaches, y'all help me, what was that song? It reaches to the highest of mountains and it flows to the lowest of valleys. So I'm gonna go ahead and give you the, the spoiler. This is the message. I don't know. I didn't speak to Pastor John. I didn't talk to Ebo or Joni or anybody. We didn't compare notes. I don't know if that song was, was in the set, in planning center, or if Miss Joni just felt led of the Spirit of God to sing it. But while she's singing, I can't stop laughing over here. I'm like, why am I laughing? Because she's singing about what we're about to learn about, peaks and valleys, mountaintops and valley moments. Again, the mountaintops only reward you for the valley moments. If you don't endure the valley moments, you're going to have very few mountain moments. Yes, wow. We are, we are in 
some of the cra craziest, most chaotic times that I know I've ever seen in 52 years, almost 53 years. But studying history and looking, it, it's, it's like, how do we not categorize America as the greatest war in the land right now? It's a civil war. How in the world does, in Chicago are 50 plus people shot, 11 killed on Memorial Day and you hear nothing about it? How is that? Murder, how is it that a man can take a, a, a sword I don't know if you saw this. The crazy times we're living in. A man takes a sword and, and stops a man, I believe, in the elevator and begins to attack him and stab him in the eyes until he gouges out his eyes. What day are we living in when this kind of stuff happens? It's crazy, chaotic times. And we need to learn what it takes to endure valley moments. You'll have mountaintop moments. You'll have mountaintop moments, sure. You'll have those moments when, man, everything just seems to be going right. We love those mountaintop moments. But how do you navigate the valley seasons? Because you're gonna have those peaks. If you've, if you've lived any amount of time, you're going to have the celebration moments of the mountaintops, but you're also gonna have to learn how to navigate the valley. Because the God of the Mountain is still God of the valley. He's not changing. First Kings 17, this is, I love Elijah. I love the fact that he, he also had peaks and valleys and we're just gonna take a look at his life. And if you've ever seen those time-lapse videos of like major highways where it's at night, you see the car lights and those time-lapse videos that are played It'll show cars that, that maybe start off slow and then pick up speed. You see the lights just zipping by and then they'll stop at a traffic light and they'll start again. That's how we're gonna be tonight. There'll be times when we just go slow and read the, the scripture. There'll be times we'll skip through some things and, and try to get to where we wanna get because we only have a certain amount of time. First Kings chapter 17, looking at verse one. This is the life of Elijah. This is, this is um, Elijah's peak season right where we pick up. In 1 Kings 17, the Bible says, Now Elijah, who was from Tishbe, which is uh, the land of captivity. It's very important that Elijah came out of captivity because he's going somewhere. Come on, say he's going somewhere. Now Elijah, who was from Tishbe and Gilead, told King Ahab, As surely as the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, the God I serve, there will be no dew or rain during the next few years until I give the word. So Elijah's a prophet. He is declaring some things, and a prophet, when a prophet declares some things, typically it comes to pass. We have seen in the past where prophets may miss it from time to time, and they have to go back and get on their knees and find out from the Lord, hey, where did I miss it? The only one who is flawless and spotless without blemish is Jesus. Amen. Never forget that. And so here's, here's Elijah. He, he says, it will not rain, nor will there be any dew until the next few years. And when it rains, it'll come only because I give the word. That's either arrogance, cockiness, or that is assurance of the God who you serve. There's a big difference. How do you know it's not cockiness? Because he said, as surely as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, the God I serve. It's, it's him. That's what Elijah's saying. It's not me. It's, it's him. So watch this. Verse, verse two. 
Then the Lord said to Elijah, can I, can I just give you a couple of things as we get started tonight? Then the Lord said to Elijah, that's a vision. Anybody ever had a vision? Anybody ever had a word from God where God instructs you to do something or shows you something? We know the revival started with a vision, fire on the water. Anytime the Lord wants to do something great in your life, he will give you a vision. He'll speak it to you. He'll declare it to you. You'll feel it on the inside. You may hear audibly. You may hear from, from just a gut feeling that, inner, that spirit man just recognizes, okay, God wants to speak to me, something right here. God gives Elijah a vision. Then the Lord said to Elijah, there's the vision, go to the east and hide by the Kareth Brook near where it enters the Jordan River. So after he gives the vision, most of the time, God is gonna separate or cause division. Ooh. I don't know if the kingdom causes division. Jesus said, I come with a sword to cut and separate and divide. Isn't that what the word said? When the Lord wants to do something great in your life and he speaks a vision to you, typically he's gonna take you from where you are, captivity, and put you somewhere different. The brook, Kareth, and the Jordan. There's a, there's a, there's a split, there's a divide. It's where the brook entered the Jordan, there is, it's at that divide where God says, go right there. I need to separate you from captivity and put you somewhere where I'm gonna bless you and I'm gonna help bless other people. So watch, whenever God gives you a vision, it typically requires separation or division, you separating yourself from somebody or something. So be careful if you wanna be used of the Lord. No, that's scriptural. If you wanna be used of the Lord, be prepared for the separation season. It's a, it's, a, it's a big word, it's a, uh, it's a word we don't use much anymore. It's called consecration, sanctification, a setting apart. We don't like those words anymore. We like to do what we wanna do when we wanna do it. But if you're gonna have a vision from God, if you're gonna get a vision from God, there's gonna be some division and separation, you from, you from people, you from things, or you from food. There's times when Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the Father will tell you, come away with me. Separate yourself from food. Fast. If you've ever been on a fast, typically the Lord spoke to you and called you to, caused you to do that or called you to that. There's a vision to do something and a division from something. Okay, we good? We good? Yeah. But watch, here it comes. It circles back around. So then the Lord said to Elijah, go to the east and hide by the Kareth brook near the, where it enters the Jordan River. Drink from the brook and eat what the ravens bring you, for I've commanded them to bring you food. This is the last note I'm gonna show you. So just go, this is all you need to know. When God gives you a vision, it's typically, it's typically, not all the time, typically gonna require division, separation from something. If God speaks something to you, he's wanting to get something accomplished and it's gonna require you separating yourself from something. Elijah, come out of Tishbe captivity and go into the Jordan where it meets the brook. Y'all with me? But then he said, but when you do this, make sure you're aware that I'm gonna cause ravens to come and feed you. I've commanded them to bring you food. Anytime God gives you a vision and, and asks you to separate yourself or cause division, he will always bring provision. If God called you on a mission field, if God called you, it's gonna require you to separate yourself from where you are to go, separation, go into all the world. He will always supply 
the means to get you there. Always. When God guides, he provides. Amen. So good. So good. Just what he does. He said, Elijah, if you'll trust me, come out of captivity, go to the brook, go to where it meets, go to the, 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 like the divide, division. I will provide for you everything you would ever need. Just stay with me. So good. Just stay with me. Keep going, keep going. Verse four, verse five. So Elijah did as the Lord commanded. He camped beside the Kareth brook east of the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat each morning and evening, and he drank from the book. Do you know God will do exactly what he said he would do? He will do exactly what he told you he was going to do. He did it. Verse 7. But after a while, the brook dried up. Why did it dry up? Because there was no rain. Why was there no rain? Because Elijah said, it will not rain. So we're seeing everything that's being spoken come to pass. Are you with me? But after a while, the brook dried up, for there was no rainfall anywhere in the land. Then the Lord said to Elijah, go and live in the village of Zarephath near the city of Sidon. I've instructed a widow there to feed you. Again, vision, division, provision. This time it'll be a lady feeding you. Do you see that? He told him to leave the brook, leave the Jordan, and go to the village. Go, separate. Then the Lord said to Elijah, verse 8, vision, Go and live in the village. Go from where you are. Go and live in the village of Zarephath. Vision, division. Go from where you are to where you're being sent. I have instructed a widow to feed you. Provision. So when he went to Zarephath, guess what? As he arrived at the city, as he arrived at the city of Sidon, saw a woman gathering sticks and asked her, would you please bring me a little water in a cup. As she was going to get it, he called to her, bring me a bite of bread too. But she said, I swear by the Lord your God, I don't have a single piece of bread in the house and I only have a handful of flour left in the, left in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jug. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal. Somebody say not enough. She did not have enough. She said, I'm going to take these few sticks, cook my last meal, and then me and my son will die. But Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go ahead and do what you have said, but make a little bread for me first. Austin, she just said, me and my boy are going to die with the last little bit we have. And Elijah said, that's okay. Feed me first. Is it just me? Is it just me, or is that like the most selfish, self-centered, arrogant? How dare you? These my do you read that and think the same thing, or is it just am I the sinful backslidden one? I'm like, Lord, I don't understand. But then the Lord began to show me. Watch this. She said, We just have a few sticks. We're gonna cook this last meal and then we're gonna die. Elijah said, Don't be afraid, go ahead. Do what you said, but make me a little bread first. Then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, he's pointing, always pointing back to the Lord Jesus, always pointing back to the Father, always pointing back to the Holy Spirit. Whatever we do, we always point back to the kingdom. Yeah. Watch this. There will always be flour 
and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. He's prophesying to her, if you will take every little thing you have left and sow it, you'll be fine because the Lord will grow it. Glory. So good. So good. In a land of famine and drought, no rain. Everything's drying up. Food's getting scarce. He says, something's coming. You'll be fine. Feed me first, sow first, grow, reaping comes next. Sowing and reaping. That's what he's teaching her. Even in 1 Kings chapter 17, he's teaching sowing and reaping. Isn't that good stuff right there? That's pretty good. I just like that. I just like it. So she did as Elijah said, and she and Elijah and her son continued to eat, not just that last meal, for many days. There was always enough. How long? How much? How long? Always. There was always enough flour and olive oil left in the containers, just as the Lord had promised. Not Elijah, the Lord. If you're going to prophesy, make sure you prophesy in the right name, not yours. Make sure you've heard from the Lord of the prophet, not the prophet. Amen. I want to hear from the Lord. So good. That's right. I don't know if the worship team went very far. We'll need them back here very, very soon because in just a moment, I'm probably going to say some things that will offend a couple of you, maybe a lot of you. But I think we need to be offended. I really do. The church is comfortable and quiet. And sometimes the Lord needs to come in and flip a table over just to say something. That's good. I just, I just think That's that. That's good. That's good. Hmm. Verse 16, there was always enough flour and oil left in the container just as the Lord promised through Elijah. Sometime later, the woman's son became sick. Uh-oh, valley, peak to valley. I was on the mountaintop. Everything was good. I was declaring things. Now, wait a minute. This woman's son is sick? Uh-oh, we in a valley. He grew worse and worse, and finally he died. She said to Elijah, Oh, man of God, what have you done to me to put me in this valley? I added that last part. Have you come here to point out my sins and kill my son? But Elijah replied, Give me your son. And he took the child's body from her arms, carried him up the stairs in the room where he was staying, and laid the body on his bed. Then Elijah cried out to the Lord, O oh Lord, my God, why have you brought tragedy to this widow who has opened her home to me, causing her son to die? And he stretched himself out over the child three times, three times, three times. If it doesn't work the first time, do it again. And he cried out to the Lord, O oh oh Lord, my God, please let this child's life return to him. The Lord heard Elijah's prayer and the life of the child returned and he revived. First King 17 revival. So good. That didn't get any laughs. But That's good. Then Elijah brought him down from the upper room. Woo! Kingdom things always happen in upper rooms. Oh, we just got to be willing to climb there. Yes. Then Elijah brought him down from the upper room and gave him to his mother. Look, he said, your son's alive. Then the woman told Elijah, now I know. Can I just stop right there? We got to camp out for now I know. Yeah. This is the generation, this is a culture that says, stop telling me 
what that word says and start showing me what Jesus did. Yes, that's right. Stop telling me about your songs and your great services and how many you baptized. Tell me what the kingdom wants to do for me. Show me. Show me something. Show me the power. Show me grace. Show me mercy. Oh, I don't want to get ahead of myself. This, this is a season where, where uh, it's chaotic. It's, it's so much, there's so much uh, um, um, fear that's trying to grip the land. And it's not, it's not the culture. It's, it's, the, it's the church that's getting fearful. It's doing exactly what Elijah did. Watch this. Watch this. Verse 24, now I know for, the, for sure you are the man of God and the Lord truly speaks through you. Verse 18, uh, chapter 18, we're gonna keep moving. Later on the third year of the drought, how many years in drought? You know everything's dried up in three years. Go present yourself to King Ahab, the king of Israel, King Ahab, king over God's children, children of Israel. We're all on the same page. Ahab ruled king of Israel, okay? Elijah's uh, being told by the Lord another vision. Go and present yourself to King Ahab. Tell him that I will soon send rain. So Elijah went and appeared before Ahab. Meanwhile, the famine had become very severe. How severe? Very severe. What does your Bible say? I don't know if yours says very severe. Was severe. Severe is severe. So Ahab summoned Obadiah, who was in charge of the palace. Obadiah was a devoted follower of the Lord. Once when Jezebel, please do not let me end this night without speaking and addressing Jezebel. I have never in 21 years of full-time ministry ever preached, ever addressed Jezebel, but I'm going to tonight. We have to. We have to. You hear it multiple times coming from the platform, especially at the North Georgia Revival, and it's because the Lord is trying to get word through his messengers, y'all better get ready and address Jezebel and dethrone her because we say King Ahab was the king over Israel. He may have been the king, but he didn't rule. She did. Somebody said the last decision, king, the last choice and decision King Ahab ever had was marrying Jezebel. She made the rest of the decisions. So we're going to deal with her in just a few minutes. He put 50 prophets in each cave. This is Obadiah. The Bible says when Jezebel tried to kill all the Lord's prophets, she was trying to get the Christians, the church, I'm speaking modern data, she was trying to get the voice of God silenced in the land, and the only way to do it was to kill the messengers. My God, Satan is not trying to kill the church or kill the Christians. He's just trying to keep you quiet. If you're not doing anything or saying anything, you're no threat. It doesn't matter how many great services we come to and how many times we get donked. If we're not doing and speaking and declaring and prophesying and showing people so they can say, now I know. That's good. It's good. That's so good. Thank you. Obadiah said she's trying to kill all the prophets, so I'm, I'm going to hide 50. Watch this. He hid 100 prophets. He put, he put 50 in each cave, two caves. He put 50 in each cave, supplied them with food and water. Ahab said to Obadiah, we must check every spring and valley in the land to see if we can find enough grass to save at least some of my horses and mules. So they divided the land, division, between them. 
Ahab went one way by himself and Obadiah went another way by himself. Division, do you see that? As Obadiah was walking along, he suddenly saw Elijah coming forward or coming toward him. Obadiah recognized him at once and bowed low to the ground before him. Is it really you, my Lord Elijah? And he asked. Yet, yes, it is, Elijah replied. Now go and tell your master, Elijah is here. Oh, sir, watch this, it gets good. Oh, sir, Obadiah protested. What harm have I done to you that you're sending me to my death at the hands of Ahab? For I swear by the Lord your God that the king has searched every nation and kingdom on earth from end to end to find you. Ahab's looking for Elijah. Why? Because he knows he's one of the last prophets. Not that he wants to kill Elijah. We're going to find out in just a moment who really wanted to kill Elijah. It wasn't Ahab. It was somebody that told Ahab, I want him dead. It was the one who ruled the land, not the king, the queen. Can we just, can we skip down? Can we skip down? Verse uh, 13, has no one told you, my Lord, about the time when Jezebel was trying to kill the Lord's prophets? I hid a hundred of them in two caves, supplied them with food and water, and now you say, go tell your master, Elijah is here? Sir, if I do that, Ahab will certainly kill me. But Elijah said, I swear by the Lord Almighty, in whose presence I stand, that I will present myself to Ahab this very day. My God, we need some men and women to stand up and say, I don't care who's threatening me. I will stand face to face with them. Bring them, bring them to me or take me to them. I don't care. But I will stand in front of Ahab this very day. Face to face. Face to face. That is so important. Face to face. But Elijah said, well, verse 16. So Obadiah went, told Ahab what Elijah had, had said and come, and Ahab went out to meet Elijah. When Ahab saw him, he exclaimed, so is it really you, you trouble of Israel? Elijah said, I've made no trouble for Israel. You and your family are the troublemakers. Now, can I paraphrase? Can I just get us caught up? Because it's 8.05, I gotta hurry. Yeah. We know the story. Most of us know the story. So, so there's this confrontation on Mount Carmel because... Elijah says, I'm the last prophet among them. God, I'm the last one. She's killed all of them. Obadiah hid some, but Elijah has no idea. He just knows I'm the last one standing. And he's in front of 850 false gods that the Bible says ate at Jezebel's table. Not Ahab's table. Jezebel's table. She... She ruled the land and she had 850 false prophets serving her. And they worshiped uh, fertility. They worshiped the moon, the sun, the stars, all this other stuff. And Elijah comes and said, all that stuff is foolish. I have the one true living God, Jehovah. And they said, no, all these other gods are, are real. And he said, no, Jehovah, Yahweh. Yeah. And, and there was a big confrontation on Mount Carmel. Elijah said, here's how we're going to fix this. Here's how we'll solve it. You prepare a sacrifice over here on your altar. I'll prepare a, a, an altar over here in a sacrifice. And the God who answers by fire, that's the God we will serve. They all agreed. And so 850 false prophets got together and one man sat there with his own rocks, 
his own wood, had to, had to slit his own bull's throat, whatever his sacrifice, he lays it there. He's all this teamwork over here and he's by himself. But little is much when God's in it. Because 850 built the altar, built the cut the sacrifice, laid it on the altar, prepared it, and they began to cry out for their gods. The only problem was their gods forsook them. They didn't show up. They didn't show up. They began to cut themselves, the Bible says. We think cutting has only been here about 15, 20 years. Cutting is, it's an Old Testament thing, y'all. It's been around a long time. That's a demon. That's a, that's a, that's a demonic thing that I believe is rooted in the spirit of Jezebel. Because Jezebel wants to conquer. Jezebel, gosh, I'm getting ahead of myself, but Jezebel is all against uh, uh, um, pure sexuality. That's why she perverts everything. That's where the whole LGBTQA plus comes from. It's a spirit of Jezebel. Maybe you've heard of spirit of Jezebel or Jezebel spirit, same thing, but it's rooted in this spirit, this Jezebel all these false gods, all these different identities, all these different images, LGBTQ plus, it's, it's, it's all perverted in the spirit of Jezebel. And so Elijah stands in front of all of them, all this, all this, all this demonic stuff, this, this uh, uh, astronomy and astrology and all this uh, wind and waves and weather and, and, and the sexual stuff, and they're all doing their crazy things. And Elijah's sitting over here looking, going, I'm paraphrasing, but he looks and he goes, hey, where are your, where's your gods? I mean, surely there's 850 of you. Surely one of your gods would show up. I mean, out of 850 of you guys, Surely one of those would show up. Then he starts, he starts, he, he starts getting a little, little arrogant. He even says, one translation says, Elijah mocks them and says, maybe your God's on vacation or he's either in the restroom relieving himself. That's what one version says. And they begin to cut themselves and cry and pull out their hair and beat themselves, whatever. And finally, Elijah says, enough of this garbage. At some point, we have to say this is enough garbage. That's it. That's it. At some point, we got to come together and say, okay, this is enough is enough. That's right. We're going to have to call down fire. God, don't let me get ahead of myself. It's not that we have to cancel anybody out. Come on. We just have to call down fire. That's right. It's good. I'm going to make some of you mad, but... But some of us are trying to, to, to come against Jezebel in a way that Jesus never intended for us to come against her with. Go to Revelation 2 real quick. Hurry, hurry. Revelation chapter 2. Jezebel's spirit is the LGBTQA+, which they are so confused. The Jezebel spirit is confusing. It's manipulating. It wants to seek control. In my studies, I found out that a Jezebel spirit wants to get real close to senior leadership. Won't fool with anybody else, but get me real close to senior leadership. A Jezebel spirit says, I want to have the last word in every conversation. Study the Jezebel spirit. 
I got to have the last word. And if it's if it's the if it's a not if it's the team doesn't want to go with my decision, I will pull you apart one at a time and convince you one at a time why you need to go with my decision until it gets back to the team and everybody's in agreement. It's because that one has pulled one away at time. It's the Jezebel spirit. It's manipulative. It's it's controlling. It's I gotta have a last voice. It's it's everybody's gotta look at me. I'm the queen. I'll get close to the king. I'm the only one that can get close to senior leadership. Nobody else can. In Revelation chapter two, Jesus gives us a hint. Miss Joni, was that last song thrown in there? Or did you already plan that? Because it reaches. That wasn't planned. Thank you. Thank you. Because it just lines up with peaks and valleys. And Jesus said, if you want to come against that spirit of Jezebel, if you, want to, if you want to take her out, there's really one way to do it. It doesn't matter how much you shout at her, scream at her, try not to get near her. That is not what Jesus said. Look at Revelation chapter 2. Verse 18. I'm so far ahead, but it's okay. We got to wrap this thing up. Look at Revelation chapter 2. Can we look at verse 20? I'll back up to verse 19 while you're looking at 20. I know all the things you have. I know all the things you do. I have seen your love, your faith, your service, and your patient endurance. He's talking to the church, y'all. Not the lost. Not the world. Revelation, he's talking to the church. One of the churches. Are we in agreement? Is he talking to one of the churches? I know all the things you do. I've seen your love, your faith, your service, and your patient endurance. I can see your constant improvement in all these things, but I have this complaint against you. You are permitting that woman, Jezebel, who calls herself a prophet, to lead my servants astray. Jesus is not asking us to cancel Jezebel. He's asking us to reach out to her and all those she's leading astray and try to convince them that the way they're going is in, it's going to end in destruction. How do I know that? What's the next verse? Can y'all throw that on the screen? I don't know if you got that on the screen. She teaches them to commit sexual sin and eat food offered to idols. Look at verse 21. This is the heartbeat of heaven. When it comes to the LGBTQ, when it comes to the demoniacs, when it comes to those who are against the church, this is what Jesus said. Is it Revelation 2? Verse 20, we're getting there, 21. I just want everybody to see it. Is it ready? I gave her time to repent. Jesus said my heart was for her to repent. Y'all keep bashing her. I'm trying to get her to repent. But, but they wear those shirts that's offensive. Let them wear the shirts. That's it's right. the world. They're going to wear the shirts. That's right. That's right. That's Don't right. tell me you didn't wear the shirts back in your day that was controversial. Yeah. Black Sabbath. So good. Motley Crue. Yeah. Well, that's rock and roll. This is lesbianism. This is sin is sin, friends. Yeah. When did we start categorizing? Yeah. What's one worse than the <laughs> Okay, I told you I'm offend some of you. Uh-huh. We need to be. Jesus said, I gave her time to repent. I feel like maybe I'm wrong. 
Maybe it's just me and you. But I feel like I need to be around some more LGBTQA+. That's right. Why can I say that? My God, he called me to be a light in a light world. Did he call me to be a light in a light world? Did he call me to be a light in a light world? Why does light need light? Darkness needs light. So I'm just saying, maybe it's time for us, instead of picketing and rioting and bashing with our words, maybe we should say, hey, friend, I was there too. Not a lesbian. Wow. Not, not gay. But I was deceived too. Yes, yes, yes. I was deceived too. Yes. You're deceived. That's it. I love you, but you're deceived. Yes. I'll high five you. I'll hug you. But you're still deceived. No, I'm not deceived. LGBTQ God. The scripture says in Genesis 1:27, you can't change that. No matter what you believe, you're 26 years old, and you're gonna tell me you're gonna go against what the word of God, the creator of the universe said in this holy word. You at 26, no more than God who said, Let us make man in our image, male and female. You want to tell me that 26, you know more than that. Matter of fact, you even confess that that's right in your LGBTQA+. I'm going to prove it. L, lesbian. G, gay. B, bisexual. Male, female. So good. Right there. You just confessed it. In the midst of your lie, there's truth. You just got to find the truth. You said it yourself. Bisexual. There's two. Bicycle, two tires. Yes, yes, yes. Bisexual, you're correct, 100%, male and female. We just have to show them the, they're confused. They've been led astray. It's time for us to say, I love you, but that bridge is out. Yes. That road you're on, it's out. It's good. And you're caught up in this cool, trendy thing where I want to be a cat or a dog or an elephant or a, or a she or they or whatever you want. That's, that's awesome, but you're still confused. And I love you. And I'm going to do what Jesus did in Revelation 2. I'm going to give you time to repent. Yes, yes. I'm going to hang out with you until the Lord says, they're not going to do it. Move on. Then I'll dust my feet, but not until. Not until he says it's time to move on. I told you some people are going to get so mad. So mad. I just, I just really believe that if he gave time to repent to Jezebel, so should we. But can I show you something? Watch this. I got I to close. I got to close. Go back to 1 Kings. You've got to see this. My God, you've got to see this. When I saw it, I almost threw my Bible and ran in a good, in a good way. Threw my Bible at the devil. <laughs> Listen to this. So, so we know that God answers by fire for Elijah. Miss Joni, where's, or somebody, can y'all come play the keys? It's just more spiritual that way. <laughs> so, so God answers by fire. In the LGBTQ, I don't know why I'm hitting this so hard, but the LGBTQ A plus community, fire, fi the fire of God in your life will burn up all that wickedness in their life until, until, until they, they agree that I am in error 
and I need Jesus, or at some point you dust your feet off and you go to another city, you go to another person. But only when Holy Spirit says that's enough. Jesus said it's enough in Revelation 2. He said, I tried to give her time. But at some point, he said, it's over. Jezebel, you're done. After Elijah calls down fire from heaven, after he sends out Ahab and, 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 and says, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain because I'm, I'm, I'm telling you it's gonna rain now. And it started raining. God did what he said he would do. Three years after the drought, Elijah prophesied, here comes the rain, and it started to rain. Chapter 19. When Ahab got home, watch this. So important. When Ahab got home, he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way he had killed all the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent this message to Elijah. May the gods strike me and kill me by this time tomorrow if I have not killed you just as you killed them. And Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. Frank, how do you call down fire from heaven? prophesy it will not rain as surely as my God lives it will not rain and it not rained for three years how do you prophesy things like that how do you come against 850 false prophets by yourself and call down fire until every one of them are executed every one of them how do you walk in that in such anointing on your life and such authority on your life call down fire release the rain by your own words and and then and then Ahab goes crying home to his wife why? because he's not in charge she is he can't do anything to Elijah only she can he's the king but she rules the land she's got everybody working for her everybody's at her table and Elijah watch this hears that Jezebel's coming for him. And he runs for his life. Hides under a broom tree. Read it, it's in, Acts, it's in, it's in 1 Kings 19. Hides under a broom tree and says, God, kill me, I'm the last one left. And Craig, God speaks to him and says, get up, get out of this cave. I didn't call you to, I didn't call you to be on the, in, in the cave. I called you to call down fire, not hide in caves. Get out of that cave. He said, you're not the only one left. My God, I got 7,000 more I could use. Who do you think you are and who do you limit me to be? I'm not putting all my stock in you, Elijah. I got 7,000 more over here. Get yourself up and get out of that cave. Get out of that valley and get back on the mountaintop. But watch this. This blew my mind, y'all. So Jezebel sent this message to Elijah. We think, you can put your Bible down. Would you stand? You can stand. Put your Bible down. Put your your stuff down. We're We're going to close. We think the greatest 
characteristic trait of Jezebel is manipulation, domination, a, a takeover, anti-church, anti-this. We think that's the greatest characteristic of Jezebel. And the Lord said, no, no. First Kings 19, I believe it's verse two. The greatest characteristic of Jezebel, she's gonna talk behind your back. She's not gonna address you face to face. people had the nerve to address something with me face to face. Think of your life. When's the last time people cared enough to confront you face to face? No, no. If Jezebel lived in 2023, what she would do, she'd go to Facebook. <laughs> Thomas, I'm gonna look at you because they hate me right now. If Jezebel were alive right now, she would take out all of her frustration on Facebook, on Instagram, on TikTok, on all these things and saying a lot of smoke, but not saying anything. Jesus is telling us, or, in my opinion, Jesus is inviting us to a platform to confront face to face. Elijah, the man of God, said, tell Ahab, I'll meet with him face to face today because that's how we deal with things. We don't run and talk. We don't run and gossip. You, 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 you want to start petitions and all this other stuff? Wonderful. What are you doing to the kingdom of darkness? I got to quit. Pastor Karen, will you escort me out because these people attack me and you can fight. I know you can. Jesus never said, go into all the world and cancel demons. My God, here it comes, here it comes, here it comes. I love you. Here it comes. Jesus never said, go into all the world and boycott demons. I told you I'd upset you. I don't want to spend my hard-earned money. Okay. Count Count all the places. Count every, name them all. Don't just pick one or two. Name them all now. Chick-fil-A's in that hat now. Yeah, yeah. Get, get studied up. Chick-fil-A's in there. Kohl's is in there. Walmart's in there. Adidas is in there. Converse is in there. Nike is in there. Delta Airlines is in there. American Airlines is in there. Starbucks is in there. Duncan's in there. Go to a cave, Elijah. Go to your cave. Escort me out, please. <laughs> Go to the cave and not deal with it. Just scream at it and get mad at it. And Jesus said, that's not my heart. Why do you think the Pharisees came and said, Jesus, you sit and dine with the, with the, with the sinners? He said, I do and I love it. They have great nuggets. He said, where else am I gonna go? We're gonna have to relocate. <laughs> 
I'm okay. I'm okay. This is just what he's, maybe he's just speaking it to me and I'll take it. And I just know that in Revelation 2, he said, I loved Jezebel so much. I had grace enough for Jezebel too. I had mercy for her. I was waiting for Jezebel. I didn't want to kill her. I wanted, I wanted her to be born again. I wanted her, I wanted her to, I tried to let her repent. So, so I'll end with this. We, we all need to be saying this. The scripture says it. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. It doesn't say work out mine. Work out my own. Peaks and valleys. Sometimes, sometimes Jesus comes with a hug. Sometimes he comes with a whip. He's whipped me. Tom, he's whipped me. Because I started leaning that way of no, 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 no. And Jesus said, do something about it. Just do something about it. Quit talking and do something about it. Face to face. So get ready, Mom. Get ready. We're going to love. And we're going to serve. And we're going to give. And we're going to implore. And we're going to show people. This is the way. Walk you in it. And we're going to work with you until you say absolutely not. And then we'll dust our feet and go somewhere else. Yeah. If they don't want to be saved, if they want to continue in that fornication and, and lesbianism and all that, that's okay. They're going to. But some of them might get born again. Oh my gosh, what are you going to do when the lesbians are sitting right by you? But they're not lesbian anymore. They got born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in new tongues. But because, but because their hair is still purple and shaved on one side and the earrings are in and tatted up the neck and the eyes, you won't have anything to do with them. Jesus says, hypocrite! Corey and Pastor Karen, y'all gonna have to play Scorpio. I love you. I love you. I love you enough to tell you the truth. You, one thing you'll learn about me, I will not tell you what you want to hear. Thank you. I won't, I won't. I won't tell you what you want to hear. I will give you what I feel like and Holy Spirit feels like we need to hear. That's it. Lord, it's your word. I'm gonna stand on it till the day I die. No matter where, no matter when, Lord. We're gonna love and serve and give. The only way to break the back of Jezebel is to love her extend grace to her cry out and intercede for her until that foul spirit is broken off our land, our country our schools, let them keep baptizing, if they lose their jobs, lose our jobs somebody's got to teach we need more Christian schools well we love you Lord, in Jesus name everybody said amen, amen some of you come pray over these cloths in Jesus name